Oh, baby. I'll tell you what, man. That song just hits different now that we're officially into football season. Uh, had a pretty, I, I would say not the most exciting week one ever, but it still felt great to have football back. And we still got a ton of interesting stuff to dive into. But before we get into all the football talk, Jordan, how are you doing? Man, it, uh, it, it feels good to have football back. It, it wasn't the most exciting week one, but dude, we get to talk about actual football tonight. Like there's no more predictions. It's it's we're talking about live football that actually happened this weekend. So I'm ready. Yeah, as promised, we were recording this live during uh, halftime of Monday Night Football. So uh, Bill's Jets got a little bit of a, uh, a slow burn going right here. Bill should be waxing them, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers knocked out. But the Jets are hanging around. Uh, man, what a letdown for the Jets fans. Aaron Rodgers basically pulls a freaking Gordon Hayward and goes out on the first drive. Dude, it was four plays into his Jets debut, gets hurt, had the the great introduction, ran on the field with the American flag on 9-11. It was it, the atmosphere was just electric. Like, dude, Jets fans were so excited, and then just like normal Jets things, they just all fall apart at the seams right as the game starts. <laughs> dude, my prophecy's coming true, man. I'm telling you, opening day 2024, Aaron Rodgers is starting for the Vikings. This is just step one in the the shit season for the Jets to uh, to set everything up and in, in, in motion. I mean, uh, uh, it, w- it wouldn't be much of a stretch after the way the Vikings played yesterday, so. Want to thank everybody for all the awesome feedback on our first, you know, full fledged episode last week. Got some uh, some five stars, five star reviews rolling in on iTunes. Uh, really, really appreciate the support. It's awesome to get that, and glad that we could provide you guys some entertainment. Uh, Jordan, remind the listeners where they can find us on social media. So on Instagram, it is the Goal Line Football Show, all one word. And then on X or Twitter, whichever you prefer to call it, it is goal underscore line underscore pod. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So let's get right into it, Jordan. What do you want to talk about? I, I feel like there's no no place to start but uh, Lions and Chiefs from Thursday night. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts on this game? So, you know, Kadarius Tony definitely kind of handed it to him on a uh, a silver platter. It was the, the only thing he was sure-handed on all night. But that being said, the Lions still had to be there to take advantage against a really good team. You know, the Chiefs were hanging right in there, even with those catastrophic mistakes by Tony. But the Lions stepped up, man, especially there in the fourth quarter. There's not many scarier places to be in all of sports than holding a one-score lead over Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. But uh, that defense bowed up, did what they had to do. The Chiefs kind of just self-destructed a little bit. And, I, you know... I've, I've been watching, you know, I, I was born in 84, really kind of started watching football in like 1990. So pretty much the entirety of my sports fandom, the Lions have just been horrible. So I'm very, very hesitant to uh, to jump on the bandwagon. But man, they look like a serious team uh, coming off that week one win against KC. I heard a stat this morning and I can't remember which four teams it is, but I think we could probably put it together. I think it was Jacksonville, the Lions, the Browns. I don't remember who the fourth team was, but it was the first time in NFL history that those four teams were both all one and zero after Week One. So, um, yeah, that game was. Um, I, I told Seth on Thursday night I thought it was a really exciting and well played game, and he's like, "Was I watching a different game than you?" I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> I mean, dude, the the Lions game planned that game perfectly. I mean, they couldn't game plan the drops by Tony, but." 
I just felt like they played their game and they kind of controlled that game from start to finish. They did what they wanted to. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock, which, dude, isn't this what everybody's been saying for like the past five years about the Chiefs? Like, that's the way you play them. You want it to come down to the very end. Like, you're yeah, going to get blown defense out. makes one stop. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to lose if you try to get into a shootout with them. Like, dude, you want to be the last team to hold the ball. And I mean, dude, if you can grind out like a six minute drive, like, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do against this team. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And it's pretty hard for them to beat you if Patrick Mahomes ain't on the field. So, yeah, I was I was really impressed with the Lions, man. They uh, they really take after their head coach, man. Dan Campbell is fiery and that team plays the same exact way he is. So I was happy for them, man. It was a, it was a gutty win. Yeah, it was good. The, uh, the chiefs looks like Travis Kelsey should be back this week. Chris Jones, uh, ended his holdout. He signed a one-year deal today. Um, any sort of panic whatsoever for the chiefs or is this just one game in the middle, you know, a, a, a tiny blip in the middle of their, their kind of dynasty they got going right now. Nah, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I do think like the fact that Travis Kelsey covers up as much as he does is kind of like glaring because when he's not in there, they are nowhere near the same team. And I know that's not like the like biggest like shock to people, but dude, I mean, there was a lot of plays where they looked like they had no clue what they were doing. And that says a lot considering they're coached by Andy Reid and they have the best quarterback on planet earth on their team. Like, there was a lot of standing around in that game. Like there was a lot of times like I was watching the play and it felt like everybody was just watching Mahomes. Yeah, the drop off from Kelsey to their next best receiver is just gigantic, man. It's hard to even hard to even quantify. Um, you know, Tony Tony can be electric at times, but he's the type of dude you just you can't rely on him, man. He's not to me, he's more of like a gadget player, right? Like have mm-hmm. have five or six plays in the game plan that are gonna be get the ball to him in space on easy plays. He's not like a true, you know, threat at receiver just because the hands are just so inconsistent. I want to touch on one thing you did bring up. It was about Chris Jones. I don't think that there's ever been a time like there is now where the ownership has more control over the players than they do right now. Like, dude, Chris Jones held out for two months and he got the same exact contract, but he got an incentive-laden contract for one year. He didn't get an extension. He just got the same one-year deal, but they put a bunch of incentives in it. So basically, go out there and play as hard as you can for as as long as you can. If you get hurt, that's not our problem. But hopefully you make enough plays where we can pay you a little bit more money, and then you can go get paid from someone else. Like That's just wild to me. Yeah, and... Like I said, the salary cap is much more liberal than it was kind of in like, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s when it was first coming around. You remember like back in the day, every year you'd have, you know, four to six teams that it was just known going into that offseason. Like they're in salary cap hell. They're not going to be able to sign anybody. And they basically would have to like punt on a whole offseason. I feel like we never hear about that anymore. Maybe that is because teams are being um, so strict without with, about giving out those big money contracts. But yeah, it does seem weird, man. Teams... Teams seem really reluctant to reward their best players. And I feel like you lose a little bit on that, man. You know, they look at Tyreek Hill. They shipped him out before giving him a new contract. Um, obviously, they won the Super Bowl afterwards, so you can't criticize it too much. But he's still proven to be one of the best players in the game. And I feel like that, you know, you're really taking away the loyalty from the players because they know like, hey, you could bust your ass for this franchise. They're, they don't care. You know what I mean? They don't care. It seems like unless you're you're a quarterback, really, you're, you're totally, you know, um, disposable. Look at all the... the tier one receivers we've seen traded in the last couple of years. 
yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's just like the 49ers are kind of a perfect example. They have like the number one paid player at, I think they said like six or seven positions. Now, granted, it's going to put them in cap hell next year, but like, dude, you're right. Like outside of a few teams, like most of the teams when they're, when they feel like they've gotten enough use out of a player, they just let them walk. Like they don't really care what it means. So yeah, dude, it's, it's wild. Um, all right, I, let's on to the next one. Yeah, let's. Uh, I feel like we'll, let's just combine this into like the letdown games. Like, I don't want to because I don't want to touch on every letdown game, but I, I definitely feel like we need to hit on the Bengals, the Vikings, and probably the I, I think we should hit on the Bears too, just because dude, that that team and that city had so much expectations for the Bears this season and for them to come out and lay an egg in game one against their arch rivals without Aaron Rodgers, I felt was pretty telling. Yeah. The Bengals, that's probably the one I'm reacting to the least. You remember they had a slow start last year and we're, we're really, really ugly in week one. I want to say Burrow threw four picks against the Steelers week one last year. And I think they were something like two and four out of the gate uh, before they really got it cranked up. So I think it just may be something with that coaching staff or that group of players that they're just slow starters. And I was watching a lot of that game. Deshaun Watson still looked very rusty. He was putting balls in the dirt, um, you know, three yards in front of his receivers, receivers that were open. I thought the Browns defense played great, um, but I wasn't super impressed with the Browns. I think the Bengals, for whatever reason, just could not get out of first gear. The Vikings was a little bit alarming. We were talking last week about the Bucks being in the mix for being worst team in the in the league and dude the bucks took it to him man that game wasn't as close as the score showed like it you know it would end up being a one score game but the bucks seemed like they were just taking it to him bringing the energy and kicking ass up in minnesota dude i i'm pretty sure this is what i saw this morning is cousins had like 50 yards passing the second half and jefferson had one catch for seven yards after halftime i don't yeah, know man he had like 140 yards in the first half and then they just stayed up shut him down I don't think they shut him down, dude. I think the Vikings just stopped running offense. Like, how the hell is your quarterback only throw for like 60 yards in the second half after throwing for like 290 in the first half? Like, I don't know, man. That that team is weird. And we talked about this for the last two weeks. Like, if a team was going to regress, it's the team that plays one-score games every week. Dude, Yeah. I, I mean... I don't think I'd sound the alarm yet, but dude, losing to the Bucks on your home field opening weekend, not good. Not a good look at all for for that. Especially team. as good, especially as good as the Lions and the new look Packers looked, man. Man, the Packers looked really good. Like they did look good, dude. I mean, it was against the Bears. Got to say that, but they looked good, man. Offense and defense, they were they were. It seemed like there were playmakers everywhere yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm not concerned about the Bengals. Now, if they throw up two duds in a row, I think I'll be a little bit more concerned. Because, I mean, dude, Burrow had like 70 yards passing. Like, yeah, that's, I, I mean, think he did up something like what was like 11 for 24 for like 82 yards. I think something like that. OK, I, I'm just going to say this and I never thought I'd say this. Do these guys need to start getting reps in preseason? I know Burrow was hurt, but dude. Almost every team yesterday looked rusty with the exception of, I mean, the 49ers were basically the only team that looked like in the first window of games that looked like team, a team that was ready to roll. Everybody else, even the, you know, the Cowboys dropped 40 last night, but they were ugly on offense as well. That's why I just said the first slate of games. Like I just, I I feel like it got the football got a little bit better as the day went on. uh, Besides the giants, that was, uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're not- listen to this, uh, listen to this battle of gunslingers between uh, the Bengals and the Browns. So Joe Burrow was fourteen for thirty-one for eighty-two yards. So he had less than three yards per attempt. Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29, 154 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, that game was played in horrible weather, too. I wish I would have known that before that game kicked off because I seriously thought Burrow and Chase were about to have a day yesterday. Um, For whatever reason, man, they never play well against the Browns. I don't don't know why. I, I mean, it's a division rival. I get it, but it's like the one team they can't play well against. All right, let's go to we'll just talk about the 49ers and Steelers. Um good lord. Um I, I'd like to take yeah. back every bad thing that I said about Brock Purdy cuz holy shit that was impressive. Yeah, I think he's just he's perfect for Kyle Shanahan's offense, dude. Kyle Shanahan's got like the ultimate like you know, drag and drop any competent QB into this system and they're going to put in numbers. And I think Brock Purdy is totally happy to go out there and just do his job. I don't think he's got a lot of ego, so he's not looking to put up the big stats. He's not looking to do the the Josh Allen thing where you fire at 65 yards downfield just to just to see what happens, man. I think he's out there to just execute the offense exactly as it's dialed up. And, dude, they're just – that is a well-coached, awesome team. I just hope they stay healthy, man. Like I said, I love Kyle Shanahan, so um, I, I would love to see him get a ring at some point. And I just want to see the Niners, like I said, make it through a postseason with no major injuries. Yeah, that uh, that team is absolutely loaded. Last week when we were talking, Bosa hadn't signed yet. He signed the day after we we recorded. That was huge for them. Um, dude, that team is just loaded from top to bottom. I was sitting there watching that game, and yeah, dude, they're uh, they're definitely gonna be tough to beat. I think they're just probably the, the toughness most- too, man. Like, look at so that long run. Uh, Christian McCaffrey broke off. Brendan Ayuk, you know, a speed receiver. Dude had 100 yards, two touchdowns receiving game. He's running downfield and freaking pancaked one of the Steelers that had a chance to make a play on uh, on CMC, man. Um, I just – I'm a big – I just love watching the way that team plays. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll move on from that. I mean, there's not really much else to talk about other than them being so great. That was a major letdown for the Steelers, but um, – the last game we have to talk about was the game of the week, Dolphins Chargers. Dear God, dude. Tua, when he is healthy and is getting time, I still don't think he has a good enough arm to throw it 60 yards downfield because he I don't under- want to hear it, bro. I, I know. No. Hold on, I'm, hold on. I'm, hold I'm on. a card carrier Tua non member, dude. Hold on. Tua I didn't, is I'm the not man. saying anything bad about Tua. I'm just saying, like, he under, like, dude, Tyreek Hill could have easily had 300 yards in that game. Yeah. But he underthrew him on a couple deep balls that he had the guy beat. But, yeah, dude, I'm not saying anything bad about Tua. He played absolutely balls to the walls yesterday, and it was uh, him and Tyreek. <laughs> dude, when they're going, yeah. it's it's special. No, you're right, dude. It is kind of funky watching him play because he does got this way about him that on those deep balls, he's kind of just throwing up these, like, just lollipop passes, like just launching up in the air, it seems like. it. But I feel like weirdly it almost works, man. With you know, with Waddle and Tyree Kill, they're so fast. They're just, you know, DBs are lost by the time they get that far downfield trying to keep up with them. And they're they're running back and catching the ball. It is weird, man. He does rarely hit people in stride, but um, you know, I think the the timing's good enough and the play design by uh Mike McDonald is good enough that it still works as we're watching Zach Wilson scramble like 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage right there. Did you see that one? Dude. 
this is absolute just buffoonery what i just watched there <laughs> like dude he had an opportunity to throw the ball away no less than 10 times but he literally ran from his own 20 and or from the bills 20 and was on his own side of the 45 by the time he got rid of that ball like dude i think that's the reason why i've always been such a big zach wilson fan <laughs> dude i feel like if uh I feel like if like some like Freaky Friday thing happened and I suddenly was, you know, transported and, and playing quarterback in an NFL game, it's exactly what I would look like if I was out there, man. Just <laughs> running like a chicken with his head cut off and just fucking slinging it, dude. Close your eyes, pray, and throw it, dude. Uh, uh, let, let's yeah, go back man. to that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, dude, but I just, yeah, I, I could not look away from that play. It was so just comical, dude. It's just, you need the Benny Hill music playing while that was going on. there's something I want to touch on about the Chargers game that I thought was really surprising. Everybody, all the Dallas fans that I had heard last year were so pissed because Kellen Moore refused to just like hammer the rock and just always wanted to throw the ball. Dude, the Chargers were almost running like a running offense yesterday. It was one of the most, I mean, dude, they were pounding the rock. They had two guys get 16 carries. Eckler had 16 for 117 and Joshua Kelly had 16 for 91. Like, isn't that what the Cowboys fans were clamoring for for like the last four years? And Kellen yeah. Moore refused to change and had Dak out there throwing the ball 45 times a game. And now you have one of like, you know, at worst, probably top four QBs in the league. And you're like, no, nope, we're going to freaking pound that rock all game long. I, I was just like, I mean, I get it. They tried to shorten the game because against the Dolphins, they're not going to run, dude. The Dolphins are just going to chuck the ball. Like, yeah. Until Tua gets that coconut hit again, they're just going to chuck the ball. Like, <laughs> there, there's no denying what they are. They are a throwing team that every once in a while will run the ball. Um, but yeah, man, that was just, it was surprising to me how much they ran the ball. Like, I think Herbert only had something, hold on, 23 of 33 for 228 and one touchdown. Like, that seems like such a reserve sat line for someone as good as him. I mean, I'd have to look back, but it seems like pretty rare that he would throw the ball under 40 times in any game. So, yeah, he's been slinging it ever since he came in the league. Um, I mean, it was it was a good game, though. A great game. You know, you feel for the Chargers. They're almost there. It seems like they find new ways to lose football games. Yeah, it was a it was a great game, though. Like that was like the absolute treat to watch after the shitty noon games. Hey, but I will point out. The Falcons did win a game, and they didn't make Bryce Young look like a superstar. So I'll, I'll give him credit. Um, I have to give a shout-out to Jesse Bates, dude. Ten tackles. He was two, awesome. Two picks and one forced fumble in your debut for a new team. That is a, that's a special debut. Um, yeah, I talked last week about – on the listener mail said, you know, watching safety play was kind of like my favorite thing, man. Um, and, and, dude, he was just – and he was baiting Bryce Young into those throws, man. It seemed like he was just two steps ahead of the rookie out there, which makes sense. But he looked outstanding. Huge, huge signing for the uh, the Falcons. Dude, Bijan looked incredible, too. Like, his his touches. That and dude. it was just a sneak peek, man. We still just got a little – we got, we got the appetizer of Bijan. You know what I mean? We didn't even get the entree yet. That was just a little tease, dude. Like – in Desmond Ritter, I mean, dude, it's not going to freaking, you know, light up anybody's, um, you know, fantasy score sheet or anything. But, dude, he was weirdly efficient, man. 15 for 18 passing, no turnovers. He played a clean game. And he hasn't yet to turn the ball over, and that's his fifth start. Like, dude, that that's all you need to do with a running offense. Like, Arthur Smith's team is built around running the ball. Like, I got people texting me, why are Pitts in London not catching the ball? 
did you think this offense was going to like be a 250 yard a game passing offense? Like, <laughs> dude, if, if, if you have Bijan and Algier and they didn't even have Patterson yesterday, like, dude, they're going to run the ball 40 plus times a game. Like if you're expecting the Falcons to be like a shootout team, Oh boy, you are going to be sadly uh, mistaken all year long. I think they are going to get those guys more involved and, um, I think the passing offense will come around as the season goes on. It's just early season. Ritter didn't play a lot last year, and he didn't play hardly any in the preseason. So I think they'll get it going. But, yeah, dude, Bijan uh, definitely gave me some things to be excited about. You want to talk about your yeah, Titans at all? No, that was abysmal, man. Like, dude, I love Ryan Tannehill. I think he is a he's a tough-ass player, man. Like, he's had some shitty O-lines last couple seasons, and Dude never plays scared, right? Like, you know, some QBs kind of start to, like, see pass rushers that aren't there. Like, he'll stand in there and take a fucking hit, but I think he's just taking too many and is just a shell of himself athletically. Because remember, like, dude, he was a wide receiver in college. And, like, when he was first coming to the league, he was, like, a really badass athlete. And even those first couple years with the Titans, he still had some juice. But, dude, just he looked like he somehow got slower than what he did last year. Um you know, defense played awesome, man. Defense played awesome. Derrick Henry didn't have a spectacular game, but he played tough. And, you know, they lose 16 to 15, five freaking field goals. Uh, they, they should have beat New Orleans by about two scores, man. But there was just no life to the passing game whatsoever. I I mean, I'd almost throw even if, if Will Levis isn't ready, I'd almost throw Malik Willis in there just to at least, um, you know, at least give you something, man. He's at least got a little bit of a spark with his legs. But, no, it was uh, it was abysmal. Let's talk about the hero moment of the season in week one, though. Mike Vrabel kicking a field goal down four points with two minutes and 20 seconds left to cover the spread. What a goddamn hero. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he knew they were getting the first down. He's thinking our the, literally their best chance was to kick that field goal, get a stop, and get close enough to kick another long field goal. They finally got a good kicker, man, Nick Folk. You know, the Titans have had bad kickers for, you know, as long as I've been watching them the last six years. Um, they finally got a kicker, dude. He banged in five of them. Uh, yeah, it was just hey, man, it was piss poor. You, you can view it how you want. I view it as he just wanted to cover the spread. So uh, <laughs> that's what we'll go with, and we'll we'll call it good on the the news from this week's games. All right, let's get into Uni Watch. All right, just a few notes on UniWatch this week. For the most part, teams kept the uh, the tried and true in there. We'll start off with the Browns. The Browns were rocking a new combination with the brown jersey with the orange pants. What did what did you think of that look, Jordan? I thought it looked sharp, man. Like like I said last week, I wasn't or a couple weeks ago about the whiteout. Like, dude, I just see the Browns in brown and orange. Like that's just that's what I view them as, and I thought it looked good, man. Yeah, it definitely looked bold, man. Traditionally, they usually rock the white pants with the brown jerseys. I think the the orange pants they just they stick out on the TV screen a little bit more, got a little bit more of that like old school AFL um, style look. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty tough too. Um, the other thing I wanted, to, the other alternate that was worn was the Chargers rocking the powder blues, man. With the it, one of the best alternate uniforms ever. I don't know, it still blows my mind why they haven't just made that their permanent uniform. It is absolutely smooth, but uh, we can't go without noticing the Jets wearing their throwbacks tonight, which are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. They look great, man. The the all white with that green chrome helmet. Yeah, just a tremendous look, man. It's a shame. You know, Aaron Rodgers got at least if nothing else, dude, he is going to have an all timer of a big blow up poster from his time with the Jets running out 
with the uh, the American flag looking like 1993 Lex Luger with the the Bray Wyatt fireflies all up in the stands. That was a hell of an image, dude. Yeah, it was a uh, it was cool, but yeah, hopefully that's not the last image we see for a while. The last jersey note I want to bring up for the first time and maybe ever, at least as long, as long as I've been watching it, jersey zero is allowed in the NFL. There's 14 teams that have a uh, player rocking jersey number zero, uh, most notably Calvin Ridley for the uh, Jaguars. What do you think of uh, zero being an authorized number in the NFL now? I don't mind it, man. I like the the weird uni, uh, the weird number combinations and stuff. Like, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it should go to like, I think there should be like a special requirement to wear, wear zero. Like this is the most badass dude on your team and he gets to wear zero. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. I just think it would be cool if there was like something attached to it. You know, I just, I don't just want people just picking zero because they think it looks cool. I want it to be like, oh man, this dude's a badass. That's why he gets to wear zero. They need to, who's like the most like badass football player. They need to have like fucking like Brian Dawkins, dude. He's yeah. in charge of like the zero patrol and every off season, he puts out a list of the players authorized to rock the number zero for the next year. I feel like Aaron Donald is the perfect candidate to wear number zero and choose who every team's number zero is. Cause did, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that clip of Geno Smith uh, dropping oh back. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Aaron Donald got through clean. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Donald's just a freak athlete. He's got that Brock Lesnar thing that like nobody that big and bulky should be able to be that fast and agile, but you know, it's a reason why he's one of the, the greatest defensive linemen in the uh the history of the NFL. There goes uh, Brett, that was Brett Brett far Josh Allen with another uh I'm just going deep throw to the end zone. Dude. Ugh. Hopefully he can get that cleaned up by the postseason, man. I feel like that's the only thing holding the Bills back. I mean, with a quarterback like that, same same thing as Brett Favre. Sometimes you kind of just got to take the good with the bad, right? But it's just, dude, how many times did we see Favre throw like the back breaking pick when the the Packers or the or the Vikings were you know heading towards victory? And there's just no need for it at all, dude. Like he does it at like the most in. Oh, that's a great pick, though. Uh, he does it at like the most inopportune times too, like. This was a drive to potentially put the game away with Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback, and you just put him right back into the game again. I really feel like it's the missing day ball effect, dude. I feel like he wasn't – I don't remember him being this turnover prone, like, you know, the second half of the 2020 season and that 2021 season. I feel like he was playing real smart. It seemed like the the gunslinger came back out of him, you know, last season and so far the first two and a half quarters this year. I mean, he had – he had more interceptions in 2021 than he had in 2022. So I don't know. Really? Yeah, I don't he, know. I guess it, just watching it, man, it seemed like I remember him making more big mistakes last year. Maybe there was more big plays the, to offset the, it in 2021. The 2020 season's the one you're thinking of. He had 37 touchdowns with only 10 picks. The last two mm. seasons, he's had 14 and 15 interceptions, respectfully. Yeah, if I'm his head coach, man, I, obviously you never want an interception, but I don't know if you really want to like try to – rain in that Mustang too much. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like it's just kind of sometimes with those guns, you just kind of take the good with the bad with those guys. All right, let's get to the week two predictions. All right, Jordan, you got to tally it up. Who won week one? Okay, this is with tonight still pending, so tonight's game's not in there. 
your boy Jordan went nine and six. Uh, your boy Seth went six and nine. Not not not. <laughs> well, a that good... is my favorite number. So at least there's that. <laughs> not a good week for the old swagtastic. The Steelers and uh, Titans are real backbreaking picks at this point. <laughs> yeah. So this game this game's inconsequential. All right. So Jordan's up one zero. I'll, I'll give him week one. It's fine. All right. Let's get oh, into we, our. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go. You're good. Let's get into our week two pick. So starting off, we got Thursday night, the Vikings at the Eagles in Philly. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know how I could pick the Vikings after what I just watched yesterday. A short week going to Philly. I mean, Philly didn't look great, but I feel like Philly was playing a team. Dude, there's a lot of people picking the Patriots in that game yesterday morning. I, I mean, I think and I under- dude, it was it was rainy as hell up in Foxborough. You know, Brady came out at halftime. That had the crowd juiced up, dude. So they they had a big home field advantage going to. And it's Belichick, dude. You know Belichick's always going to cook something up game plan-wise. I thought – I was impressed with the Patriots, but, you know, the it's, it's never easy beating the Patriots, dude, no matter what. Whether it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Tom Brady, as long as Belichick's there, a, a win against the Patriots always carries some weight. Yeah, I'm going to Eagles in this game. I just I don't think that the Vikings are like like we said a couple weeks ago. I just I feel like they could have a fallback, and Owen two is staring them right in the face right now. Yeah, the only glimmer of hope, or you know, I wouldn't say hope. The only because I don't really give a shit. But the only thing what makes me think you know the Vikings got a shot is they are going to be playing desperate. You know, it's the the stats are out there, dude. If you start Owen two. It's very. It becomes monumentally more different to more difficult to climb out of that and get make a playoff run. Um, but yeah, I still think the Eagles are too much. E- Eagles roll. They're actually favored by seven points in this game. So congratulations, Vikings, on your win Thursday because me and Seth both picked Kansas City last <laughs> week. So congratulations, Vikings fans. All right, we got another one, man. This was kind of like one of the low key like under underrated rivalries in the mid. Uh, you know the mid aughts or 2000 teens whatever we're calling that decade we got the packers coming to atlanta uh that i'm excited to watch this one, man this is gonna be a fun game yeah um i was way more excited before i watched the packers play the bears which the bears could just be completely awful this season so maybe that's says more about them than it does the packers dude uh, falcons got me riding high i'm going falcons in this game I say Falcons too, man. I think the defense looked good. This is Jordan Love's first starting, first game starting on the road. I Second. think that defense gets after him. What's that? Second, he started in Kansas City last year. Well, his first game since he's been the man. You know, the yeah. game against Kansas City that was a whatever game, dude. I think, uh, I, I think the Falcons defense gets after him, forced some turnovers, man. Green Bay's a one point underdog, so uh, you know Arthur Smith's going to be able to get him fired up. You know, no, they play the nobody believes in us card that always works with uh, professional NFL players. Uh, yeah, I, I say the Falcons get the win, man, and start to get some some real eyeballs on what's happening down in Atlanta. Dude, they go two and zero, and then they got Lions and Jacksonville the following weeks. I'm not saying I'm just That's saying be some big games, dude. Yeah. All right, we got the Raiders and Bills in Buffalo. Obviously, Bills leading thirteen to six right now. I mean, it hasn't been pretty, but I'm I'm thinking they're probably going to be one and zero coming out of tonight uh, with Oakland coming. To, or excuse me, Oakland. We had, hit, I hit the time machine with Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas eked out a 17-16 victory over the Broncos. Uh, who you got in this one, Jordan? Dude, cross country flight. 
to Buffalo outdoors in the elements. Yeah, I'm going Buffalo. I just, I, I didn't gain anything from that game other than I thought the Raiders defense was going to be completely miserable and they looked halfway decent. It is quite funny that the Broncos scored and lost the exact same way they lost week one last year. And Sean Payton had so much to say about Nathaniel Hackett, but yesterday he didn't, <laughs> he didn't have much to say. He was just like, ah, it was just a good football game. I felt like we should have won. Oh, weird. Yeah. I did think Russell Wilson looked competent, at least. Yeah, he did. Sean Payton's going to at least make him look decent. But after watching that game yesterday, I have a, I have a lot less faith in the Broncos than I did. I thought they were going to probably be close to 500. I think they're going to be under that at this point. All right. We have the Ravens. Who'd you take? And the... Who'd you take? Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. I, I'm going uh, Bills, man. I think the, the Bills roll. All right. I think it's a blowout. All right, then we got. Sorry about that, man. We got the uh, the Ravens going to Cincy. This is a pretty freaking big game. All of a sudden, dude, Cincy does not want to go zero and two, especially against a division rival. The Ravens' new look off new look offense looked way less than impressive yesterday. Uh, defense looked as good as ever, though. What, what's your read on this one? And the Ravens lost their starting running back, dude. J.K. Dobbins. He has to be the most unlucky player I've ever seen in my life. The dude gets hurt. Like, there's always so much, like, hype around him coming back. Then he just gets hurt game one. Like, feel awful for that dude. The Bengals are not going on, too, dude. I, I think Burrow is going to come out pissed off on Sunday. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a very good day for the Ravens yet. Ravens offense, dude, I just – I mean, they got all these weapons finally for Lamar to use. Granted, Andrews didn't play, and he's a big part of their offense, but – Dude, I just I, I just don't think the Lamar passing the ball for 300 yards thing is ever going to happen. It seems like that's no, what they're dude. dead set on. Yeah, you know, Greg Roman was so maligned with that, what he was doing with that offense there, um, thinking he was holding Lamar Jackson back. I think he knew what he had and was just trying to play to Lamar Jackson's strengths, man. And unfortunately, sometimes those type of offenses are a little bit more simple, so a really good defense can shut it down. Um but yeah, I just think they're they're trying to you know put a square peg in a round hole. Um, Lamar Jackson's a special kind of player, and you got to be comfortable running a slightly different type of offense that maybe maybe zigs where the rest of the the league is zagging. Um, dude, I'm on the fence on this one because the Bengals did not look good, and the Ravens play the Bengals tough. Remember that playoff game last year, dude? The yeah. Ravens damn near beat the Bengals in Cincy. They had that unfortunate fumble on that QB sneak at the goal line. They got ran back for a touchdown, changed the course of the game. Um, I'm going to go Bengals, man, but I feel super shaky about it, dude. I would not be surprised one bit if the Ravens go in there and uh, and, and hang the dub on them. It's going to be a good game for sure. Yeah, it, it, yeah, a big game. for early. As far as early season goes, it's a big game. All right, we got the Seahawks going to Detroit, dude. The, the Seahawks looked like shit against the Rams. They got absolutely dominated by a Rams team that we were thinking was going to be in tank mode from week one. Um going to Detroit, Detroit's home opener. You know, one thing I was impressed about that Thursday night game, Detroit had a ton of fans up in Arrowhead. Yeah. We we have like a couple people that we know in Omaha that are huge Lions fans that went down for that game, man, and it there was a shitload of blue in that crowd. Like when they did the the post game um show, there there was a ton of uh Honolulu blue in the lower bowl. That was it was wild, man. They kind of took over the Chiefs stadium a bit. Yeah, you saw when they got that final stop to clinch it, man. The the players were, you know, basically the whole. It seemed like the sections right behind their bench were pretty much all Lions fans. They were getting them fired up, man, making some some noise. I mean, you could hear it on the TV screen. The fans 
you know, getting rowdy for the Lions. So I think it's going to be a crazy environment. You know, the Detroit fans have been so starved for something to be excited about like this for the longest. Um, I think they straight up wrecked the Seahawks and since Seattle to own to. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Lions as well. I didn't pick it, but yeah, dude, it's uh Seattle at one point, one of my good friends in Omaha likes Seattle, and he texted me at one point in the second half, they had negative one total yards in the second half. Like, I don't know what, because, dude, the first half, they didn't look bad at all. I thought they actually looked pretty good, and then it was like second half started, and they just went to sleep, or I don't know. That was bad. Those receivers, you know, Matt Stafford's got a couple weapons while they're waiting on Cooper Cup to come back. They had a couple of receivers put up some big numbers for him. Um Rams look, you know, quietly impressive, man. We may have just been dead wrong on the Rams this season. I mean, having Stafford makes a huge difference as opposed to the revolving door they had last year. We thought Stafford might be cooked, though, man. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if Stafford was ever coming back. Well, clearly we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the, the credibility on our prognostications are just sky high so far, yeah, man. With uh, really, you know, a couple really episodes going, in the bag, we're going downhill quick. You're gonna have to rebound uh, this week. We'll take a quick pause for the cause, man. What are you sipping on as we record tonight? Dude, it's a Monday night after a long weekend of drinking. Yesterday was my wife's birthday, so we got after it pretty hard on Saturday. Yesterday morning was a pretty <laughs> strong hangover. Um, so I'm just going simple with Bush Light tonight. Nothing wrong with the the classic Bush Light. Hell no, nah, man. I'm doing a, uh, this is by Prairie Artisanal, Art, Prairie Artisan Ales, which is, Probably one of my favorite craft breweries for just doing some super, super funky brews. This is a, this is called Side Peach. It's a sour ale with peach puree and actual peach ring candy mixed in the brew. Uh, super tasty, man. If you, I'd say this is a great beer for somebody who doesn't really like beer, uh, but it is good. So, yeah, if you can find anything from Prairie uh, Artisan, they are out of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, definitely check it out because they got some really creative stuff coming out of there. And the can art's always top notch. All right, next game on the slate is the Chargers coming to Nashville to face the Titans. <clears throat> Battle of 0-1 teams. Boy, one of these things is not like the other, though. One of these teams is 0-1 and scored a crap load of points, and the other one settled for a crap load of field goals. I'm going Chargers. I mean, it, it's not with a ton of faith. I just – I dude, if they go 0-2 – that head coach has got to be on the hottest. That seat's getting hot, dude. No, it's it's on fire at that point if they start 0-2. Dude, they have a squad. Like, when I when they started that game yesterday and they were doing starting lineups, that team is loaded, dude. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah, I just – I struggle to think that they would go 0-2. And like I said, I think that – man, dude, that, I haven't said this publicly yet, but, dude, Titans got to hit reset. I just – I, I, again, we talked about this last week. Why would you run the same team back as last year? I just, I don't get it, man. It just makes no sense with the way they finished. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not getting good feelings from the Titans. I mean, they have one of the best head coaches, but outside of that, I mean, you got what? I, I get it if you're trying to win the division. I think they could run it back and potentially win the division if Jacksonville stumbles and everything breaks right for the Titans, but they're not a Super Bowl team by any means, man. Um, I think – you know, I'm not super in tune with what the dynamic is there in the front office. I feel like Vrabel may actually be doing himself a disservice because he's kind of got this rep now that 
he's going to be competitive whatever you give him. You know, give him 53 guys. It doesn't matter what their pedigree is, and he's going to be competitive out there. And I think he is, man, which is why I'm a little bit, you know, I wouldn't totally count them out this week. They went into L.A. last year when, the, uh, you know, both teams are still in the thick of the playoff race. Brian Tannehill was basically, you know, his ankle was held together by like, you know, duct tape and super glue. And they damn near beat the Chargers in LA towards the end of the season last year. So, you know, they're always going to give their all for that guy. For I don't know, whatever he's doing, his team plays hard every single week. You know, I just don't think the talent's there. I think this may be the end of the Tannehill era, dude. I think the Chargers, I think this one could get ugly. The Saints kind of suck. Um, so they weren't really able to take advantage of how bad the the Titans were playing on offense. The Chargers will. I think it gets ugly. Um, you know, I, I think we may see Malik Willis or, or Will Levis coming in after this week because there's no – I don't think you could run Tannehill out. Honestly, it's a disservice to him, man. Um, if he just doesn't got any more, let him bow out gracefully. Don't keep trotting him out there to ruin the legacy of, you know, some really, really good years he's had this with this career renaissance he's had with the Titans. Yeah, I do feel bad for Tannehill. I think last year – I mean, he got hurt last year, but you could see at the – once they started like not playing as well that he was not himself last year. Yeah. It, le, le, or, uh, yesterday was not it. I mean, he's just, dude, there just comes a time where you just age out of the, of the game. And yeah, I, I think dude. he's there. I, dude, I'm not saying he couldn't, I think he'd be a perfect backup. Now, whether or not he's willing to accept that role, he'd be good to uh, mentor a young quarterback, but a lot of those guys don't want to do that, so they just bow out of the NFL. I mean, I get it, but it just it, it sucks to see it end like this for him because, dude, after he left Miami and went to Tennessee, man, that dude completely resurrected his career. He was awesome, dude. 2019, you know, he set the league on fire when he came in for, for Mariota. 2020 was was good, another good year. And then 2021, remember, the Titans were the number one seed yep. in the uh, playoffs and damn near beat the Bengals, man. Um yeah, I, I, as a fan, I can deal with, you know, not being quite as mobile and taking some of those sacks. But, dude, there were two different times where, the you know, the Titans had dialed up perfect play calls. Receivers are running wide open downfield, and he just missed them. I mean, it would have been touchdowns. You just put the ball on the money, and it's an easy touchdown, and he missed them, man. And that ultimately, that's what cost him the game. So, yeah, I think, I think Chargers win, and I hate to say it, but this one could get ugly on Sunday. I agree. All right, up next, this is going to be an interesting game, dude. I think this one, this one could be. I think it could be ugly, but like good ugly. Justin Fields going up against Baker Mayfield, man. Oh, the one one Bears travel to the surprising one and zero Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was one thing I did notice yesterday about the Bucks. Their defense actually doesn't look. I mean, yeah, they give up a crap ton of passing yards, but they look decent against the run. They still got two really good linebackers. Um, Dude, I just I don't I I understand like what people see in fields as like a runner and an athlete. The dude cannot read a defense, so I mean it's completely obvious that pick that he threw that they returned for a touchdown. His guy was covered by two guys, and he was ten yards behind where Fields even threw it. Like it was I, horrible. I just I don't, dude. I just don't get the the feeling of Fields is ever going to progress enough to be a really good starting quarterback. He's a hell of an athlete and it's not a dig against him, dude. When you played Ohio state, this is the biggest problem though. It's dude. They're so much better than everybody else in the big 10 besides Michigan. Like they're, they're leaps and bounds better than everybody else. So those guys look so much better 
And then they get to the NFL and it's just different, dude. You don't have the best offensive line, the best receivers and the best running backs. Like it's you, maybe a couple good receivers, a couple good linemen. Like, dude, when the play breaks down, that's where you have to show who you are. And when the play breaks down, he's got to throw the ball. It mostly is ugly when he's on the run and he has to throw the ball. Like, dude, just let him run the ball. Um, Dude, I, I I cannot see the Bucks starting 2-0. I'm going to go the Bears, but with very little confidence. <laughs> I agree, dude. I think the Bears win just a butt-ugly game. I'd say Justin Fields go, you know, throws a couple picks, but goes for like 155 yards rushing. Uh, has some electrifying plays on the ground. I, I'm with you, man. I, I think they should just pull the plug on this experiment. Dude, let him be like the, the I, I texted Jordan this yesterday. Let him be like the ultimate version of Taysom Hill, the way the Saints use Taysom Hill. Look how successful he's been as, you know, a sometimes quarterback, sometimes running back, sometimes tight end, just all-purpose player. Uh, you know, he's made a damn good career for himself. Justin Fields is definitely a better athlete than freaking Taysom Hill because, um, yeah, the quarterback thing is just not working out. Like you said, at Ohio State, man, the – Week, week to week, man, the t- level of talent is so much higher than every team they're playing, you know, ex- ex- except when they play Michigan and when they get to the playoffs, when it seems like Georgia and stuff, man, they don't have an even matchup. So they're e- able to have this super simplified scheme. A lot of the schemes in college football are basically math problems, man. The QB can get the line of scrimmage. They look at how the defense is lined up and where they're lined up at and then just decide they're going to throw a fly route hand it off on a, on a draw or throw a quick slant, man. It's, and it just does not get these guys ready to get in the NFL and read it, read a defense. Um, yeah, I think the bears win too. Like same reason as you, man. I just can't see the bucks going to and The only problem is dude, the bears defense is awful. Like I knew they would be bad, but their secondary is God awful and they get zero pass rush. Like, I like I said, I'm picking the Bears, but it is not with a ton of confidence. I just cannot see this horrible Bucks team starting two and zero. All right, Kansas. This is a big game too, man. Another intriguing one. The zero and one Chiefs traveling to Jacksonville to play the one and zero Jaguars. Man, Jaguars had a little bit of trouble putting away the Colts yesterday, but they still look good, man. Like Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley. That's going to be something that defenses really got to deal with the rest of the season. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, how this one goes, man. Where are you at with this one? It, this just feels like a classic. Uh, Travis Kelsey goes for a buck eighty and three touchdowns, and the Chiefs win. I think this is going to be a really good game, dude. There was some like really encouraging things, like you said about the Jags, but there was also some really discouraging signs. Like I thought their defense was going to be. Um, I thought they would take a step forward from last year. Dude, Anthony Richardson had no problem against that defense. Like, Pittman ended up with almost 100 yards. I mean, I thought Richardson looked good yesterday against that defense, and I really struggle to see Kansas City going 0-2. Like, I just – as much as I would love it to happen, I there's no way. Like, dude, Mahomes is not going to lose two straight games, especially if Kelsey comes back. They got Jones back. Like, I just don't see it happening. I'll go Kansas City. The Chiefs are three-point favorites on the road despite losing that week one game, man. Just the love for Patrick Mahomes by by Las Vegas is off the charts. Yeah, it's – I mean, dude, it's deserved, though. Like, as much as I don't like this team and 
I mean, you would understand if you lived in Omaha where I live, like Kansas City fans are almost unbearable half the time. So <laughs> it, it's a lot like I, I just think that they forget that they weren't always good. Like they're just like talking like they've been the best team in the NFL for 20 years. So it gets annoying. But I get it. Like, dude, that I mean, they've been to five straight AFC championship games. I'd be cocky as hell, too, if the Falcons went to five straight NFC title games and won two Super Bowls. Like, I mean, I get it. All right, up next, Who'd we got a pick? game. Com- oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, I go Chiefs, yeah. I just can't see them going on team, man. I think Chiefs get a win, uh, but it should be a good game. I'm surprised that was not in like the 4 o'clock window, man. They usually put the big primetime games there in 4 o'clock, but, or 3 o'clock for Central Time Zone, but yeah. All right, we got a game competing with the uh, Bears and Bucks to be the, the toilet bowl for this week. We got the 0-1 Colts traveling to Houston to play the 0-1 Texans. I think the Colts win, man. Like I said, they they were pesky with the uh, the Jaguars. Made made some good plays. I thought Richardson looked a little bit better than uh, than CJ Stroud, and and yeah, I think that uh, I think Anthony Richardson gets his first win as a starting quarterback. I think the Texans are really going to regret trading that that pick to move back up and get Will Anderson. I'm not saying that dude is not a generational player, but I don't think the Texans win more than. <sighs> one maybe two games this year so i'm with that said i'm gonna go with uh indianapolis because i just think the texans are gonna be really bad watching that game you can definitely see where D'Amico ryan's is taking that team but it's gonna take time man that is a bad roster like they don't have a lot of um guys to build around as of yet so yeah i'll go colts yeah, hopefully the Texans have got a good plan laid out and they have patience with him because I do think he's going to be a top-notch coach, but that's going to be a slow, slow rebuild. Um, yeah, Colts win. Interesting stat for you, man. All three rookie quarterbacks that started week one, 0-3. The five coaches debuting with no teams went with new teams went 0-5. Damn it, dude. I forgot to write down this stat. Do you know who the last rookie quarterback – or the? I think they said the last – Rookie quarterbacks are 0-18 and 1 in like the last 15 years. Do you know who the one rookie quarterback that got a tie in week one was? Rookie quarterback that got a tie in week one. Was it Cam Newton? Nope. It was Kyler Murray. Nice. Nice. I was yeah, like, I remember that game. Actually, what I was actually uh I was actually out to sea on a ship. You got for you know, for any new listeners that aren't coming over from the Chick Foley show, I am in the uh, US Navy and I, I watched that game um out on the ship out to sea. That was the game that was on. We don't we basically you're kinda of at the mercy of what the Armed Forces Network decides to put on the satellite feed. And yeah, they had Kyler Murray's first stat. I remember that game. He looked pretty impressive, man. Uh just running around like a you know, like a wild man, but got the job done. One other stat I forgot to mention when we were talking about the games earlier. 10 road teams won yesterday out of the 15 games. That's week one for you, man. Week one's always a toss. That was the most road wins by, uh, by teams in what in the NFL. I'm like, I think they said 10 years or something like that. Dude, I think it's all the new stadiums, man. These new stadiums are, Oh man. Another pick by the Josh. Same Allen. guy, dude. The same guy has three picks. The same dude, three picks. Jets are hanging. Just think if Aaron Rodgers was playing, man. That's all we're going to hear from Jets fans all week. If, if A-Rod was playing, we would have smoked him. Oh, dude. That is just a terrible all right. uh, read. Yeah, it was, dude. That was like a, a Madden interception right there. Okay. Um. All right. The uh, Which game were we on? The We just finished Colts. 
I was about to say something, dude, but oh yeah, we was talking about Kyler Murray running around. Okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, both we're both thinking the Colts beat the Texans here, right? Yep. All right. Another good rivalry from the last few years. The 49ers traveling down to LA to play the Rams. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay going against each other. Um as good as the Rams looked on week one, I think the Niners still rolling this. Niners are already installed as an eight point favorite, despite how good the Rams look. Uh, I, I think the Niners beat up on them and get the win. Kyle Shanahan's, you know, outside of that NFC Championship game, for the most part, he's dominated Sean McVay, and I, I think that continues here. Yeah, this this has potential to be a massacre. Honestly, like, yeah, good for the Rams on their feel good win week one. It's about to come to an end this week. Yeah, McVay's a great, great coach. We talked about it last week. He's going to have his guys ready to go. But sometimes, dude, you're just outgunned. You're bringing a knife to a gunfight, and I think that's what's going to happen this Sunday in L.A. Agreed. All right, Giants, who had one of the worst showings in week one going against the Cardinals, man. I think the Giants bounce back, and, and you know, I, I don't think they're a, a team that's – I think they're a lot better than they showed Sunday night, and I think they, they start to show that this Sunday in Phoenix and they, they get back on the wooden track. I'm going Giants as well, and you never want to accuse a team of tanking, but uh, let's be honest here. The Cardinals purposely did not win that game yesterday. Like The way they played in the fourth quarter compared to the other three quarters, you can't convince me that they ain't tanking. Like, Dude, I, I know that these guys get paid money and stuff, but first of all, they have Joshua Dobbs as their starting quarterback. Like That has tank written all over it. So, yes, <laughs> yeah, Giants. It was, uh... It was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one, man. This is going to be tough to pick as we're you know, still in Monday Night Football. I have really not a lot of details on Aaron Rodgers' injury. The Jets traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Oh, this is not tough for me at all. Watching this Jets offensive line, um, I don't care who's back there at quarterback. Dallas is going to steamroll the Jets, honestly. Like, this might be bad. Uh Okay, I shouldn't say steamroll because Dak is still the question mark about the, the the Cowboys always, and the Jets' defense is really good. I just I think the Jets are going to get destroyed on offense in this game, dude. Micah Parsons is out to prove a point this year, and I think the Dallas defense, man, they looked fast last night. Like, I just don't. I think yeah. the, the Jets need to win this game tonight. Otherwise, they are going to be 0-2. Michael Parsons is freaking unblockable, man. He was just like a knife through butter getting through that O-line last night. And, yes, what we've seen so far from the Jets does not bode well. Um, I, for me, dude, the Cowboys are so loaded, man. They are so loaded with talent. Mike McCarthy is the only kind of question mark for me just as a head coach because, you know, the Packers were loaded all those years, and they, they got the one Super Bowl, but they probably should have had, you know, one or two more with the, the talent they had. Um, on the roster through the years that he was there. So I do think the Cowboys uh, win this game to get to 2-0, and but I still got some some questions on them for the rest of the season. I don't trust McCarthy as their play caller, dude. I just I, – I don't know what it is with that dude, but he gives me no feelings like, oh, man, this is a guy you can count on when the, the chips are down and you need a good play drawn up on third down to win a game. Like, And, and dude – I'm not trying to rip on the dude, but the Dak factor is still there too. Like the dude, when it comes down to crunch time, man, a lot of times he makes the wrong decision. So I don't know, man. I, I their offense is still to be determined. Their defense looks out, outworldly, otherworldly, whatever. 
<laughs> you know what I was All trying right. to say. Yeah, I, I picked up what you were laying down. We got the 1-0 and Commanders, who played a tough game, man. Not the most impressive game, but they did play tough. Uh, traveling to Denver to play the uh, the Sean Payton-led Broncos, man. Uh, Broncos 0-1 uh, with the Washington coming to town, man. I, I think the Broncos right the ship, and, and, and they get to get back to 500 here. Gosh, this one's really tough to pick. I just... Yeah, the Broncos are the home team, and and there was Washington nothing, barely beat Arizona. Yeah, there was nothing about the Commanders that gave me the warm fuzzies yesterday. Like they're going to be a team to beat. They're going to have growing pains with Sam Howell as the quarterback. So I'll go Broncos. I felt like more. watching the games. I felt like Washington kind of overachieved a little bit in their game, and I felt like the Broncos left some points on the board. Man, uh, yeah. So you're going Broncos as well. I am. Yeah. Sunday night game, we got the Dolphins heading up to Foxborough. I think Dolphins roll. Yeah, I I don't even think this game's close. Honestly, I think the Dolphins are built to win right now. Like, good luck against that team with Tyreek and Waddle. And they didn't even use Waddle yesterday because they didn't need to. Like, best of luck to anybody playing this team with even a I don't know average defense. I think the Patriots are above average, but it's not good. All right, and we got a double header for Monday Night Football. First off, we got the Saints and the Panthers in Carolina. I think the Saints win this one, man. I was not impressed with Bryce Young at all. Wasn't super impressed with the Saints, but I think they do enough to, as sick as it makes me to say it, get to uh, 2 and 0. God, dude, I really want to pick against the Saints here, but I, just, I did not see enough from Bryce Young yesterday. I, I was kind of flipping back and forth between the, the Falcons game and the Titans game, and he did not look impressive to me, man. The, I didn't see like the I didn't see like the rookie rust. He just looked kind of just undersized and just a little bit, you know, a step too slow. Dude, that Trevor Penning dude that the Colts or that the Saints traded back up into the first round to get last year, that looked like the weak part of their offensive line. The Titans kept attacking it. There's one thing I'll say about the Panthers, dude. Their defensive line is nasty. Like they built that defensive line. Brian Burns is an absolute animal. You know what? I'm not picking the Saints two weeks in a row. I'm going Panthers. F it. All right. We have to disagree right. on one pick, too, dude. We haven't disagreed we on we anything. Do. We've been in way too much harmony so far. Uh, last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Browns and Steelers in Pittsburgh. Hold I on. think it's Pittsburgh a, beats it. It's, it's a doubleheader Monday Night Football. You forgot to mention that. Those are two Monday Night games. I said that right before I said I said no. we got a double header for Monday Night Football. Well, apparently I'm hammered. How, how many bush lights have you had? I don't know, Seth. How many? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Browns and Steelers. I think the Steelers beat up on the pervert and uh, get the one and one, and send the Browns crashing back down to earth. Oh God, dude! I saw a meme yesterday of Deshaun Watson and like Her- Herbert the pervert's body from Family Guy. <laughs> I was just dying. Um, <laughs> I saw that one tweet you screenshot sent to me where it was a Bengals fan saying, tackle that pervert. <laughs> uh oh, got a game here. Uh, All right, do you got I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. I'm Wilson gonna, to Wilson, baby. I'm, I'm Let's gonna, go. I'm going to go Steelers as well. I just. I think there's there'll be a regression on the. Um, Browns defense this week. I don't think they can play that well two weeks in a row. And there's no way the Steelers can play that bad two weeks in a row either. Like, 
their offense didn't even look like they had a chance from the start of that game. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the Niners just got after him, and they got, they got them out of their game plan early on, man. So, yeah, I think Steelers right the ship. I, I think the Browns were a mirage that they gave against the Bengals. Agreed. All right, ready to get into uh, Million Dollar Bets? The real question is, are you ready to get into Million Dollar Bets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm cringing. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. All right, give it to me straight. Seth is down $100,000 after week one. <laughs> he went with Steelers plus two and a half. That almost covered. And then went with Broncos minus four. Not good, buddy. That is, this is why you don't bet. <laughs> all right so i'm sitting at nine hundred thousand for the year now right yep we're not doing any juice by the way so anybody that's getting our shit about the juice we're, we're not doing juice so we're just doing the straight up whatever we bet is what we bet um i am what even, is juice i don't even know what juice is so like when you bet like it's minus 110 so you have to bet 110 dollars to win 100 bucks but i don't right. i don't have the time for all that math right now so we're just we're just gonna keep it simple um i'm even after week one Eagles Pats first have over hit as usual. The dude, the Eagles first have over is just like free money. Now I'm going to say that and it's not going to hit this week, but whatever. And then I took the Vikings like a complete idiot and they did not cover. <laughs> All right. I got my bets lined up for this week. You ready to write it down? I'm ready for you. I'm going 50,000 each game once again, because I'm taking a big swing All right. and I'm betting on both the, uh, the Super Bowl teams from last year with the money line. So I want to take the Eagles money line at negative 290 and take the Chiefs money line at negative 155 against the, uh, the Vikings and Jaguars respectively. Okay. So I just want you to understand that if we were doing juice, that means you would have to bet $150,000 on the Eagles to win $50,000. Yeah, but I'm confident they're going to win. I I know I know I'm laying out. Uh, you know I'm I'm exposing myself to more risk than is worth it. But that's what I want to put out there just to get back on the winning track, man. I'm okay. confident the Eagles and so, Jack and Chiefs are both going to win. If we're doing money line bets, you're going to have to go juice because that's not like taking just like points. Like if you're going to yeah, do that, I, gonna... I, I, okay, yeah, I understand. I can okay. I can do the math on it if you want me to do the math on it, dude. No, it's fine. We're good. So you're putting fifty thousand on the the Eagles. We'll tally out what that wins you on Eagles money line and then Chiefs money line, correct? Yep. Okay, what was the Eagles money line? Minus two ninety? My Eagles at minus two ninety, and I got the Chiefs at minus one fifty five. So that basically means for every one fifty five I bet, I win a hundred back, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, got it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm riding the wagon, man, Philadelphia, um, whoever they play combined first half over 23 and a half. And then, uh, Kansas city and Jacksonville over 51. And I'm going to go, God, I'm going to stick with the 25 K. I'm just, I'm not moving off that yet. Cause I, it's too, too young in the season to go that heavy. You pussy. I know I am. Hey man. You just got to learn from years of betting. You don't go heavy early because this is where you lose all your money. Just ask Hawk last year. He was out of money by like week eight last year. Because <laughs> when you're betting heavy right out of the gate, you expose yourself to getting not good. So, all right, I got him down. All right, sweet. Are you ready to get into some listener mail? I am. 
All right, so Sambro starts it off. <laughs> I don't know how you answer this question, but we'll leave it open to interpretation. He says, how do you football? With lots of beer and food is how I football. And usually, That's what I'm thinking, and usually in pure rage, usually when I'm watching my team <laughs> play. Yeah, yeah, dude. With a, you know, I like to. I set up on our back porch, man. We got a, we got a really nice back patio. I, I got a little, uh, a cheap Vizio TV that I set up back up there. Hook the Roku up and uh, it just stream back there and watch it with a cooler full of ice cold beer and usually some good food, man. We did sourdough patty melts on the uh, the Blackstone for our big week one meal this this year. What did you guys have on the menu for week one, Jordan? So yesterday was Ari's birthday, as I said. So we went out for a big breakfast yesterday. Um, and then we didn't eat again until, uh-oh, another Bill's turnover. <sighs> was that a fumble? Yep. <sighs> Man, the Damn, Jets are seriously. Allen, four the Jet, turnovers. Now if I, the Jets are seriously going to steal this game. Good Lord. Oh, this is good for the NFL. And not this one penalty good. flag thrown yet. Oh my god, dude! Uh, oh, what did we have yesterday? Last night we had pizza for dinner. That's what Ari wanted for her birthday. We actually have like a, it's kind of like an off the wall pizza place. They do like a lot of different kind of pizza. So we had a green chili enchilada pizza for dinner last night. That sounds bomb, dude. It was really good. I'm a big fan. Uh, have you ever had like a seafood pizza with like oh, yeah. shrimp or crab? Yeah. Yeah. Deli- with a little man. white sauce on it. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. Yep. Yeah, dude. There was a place in San Diego. If anybody's ever, you know, I, I know our, our I, I so I can see on the analytics, our listenership, dude, it's funny. It really kind of like stops like basically at the, you know, at the Mississippi River, dude. We're like freaking all like Midwest, East Coast and Southeast. Uh, we don't got it for whatever reason, man. We never really caught on on the West Coast. Uh, that's, you know, with this and the, the Chick Foley show. But if you ever are in San Diego, hit up Pizza Port, man. It's a brewery, but they also do uh, made-to-order pizzas. And they got an awesome shrimp and bacon pizza there. Really, really good. All right. Next question. We have Rob Slate saying, what are your top three football movies? So I'll go first on this one, man. My favorite is Rudy. Um, I love that one. Just Really, really great movie, man. I would encourage anybody who's like, you know, got some some high school athletes in their household, show them Rudy because it's just all about mental toughness and perseverance. Can, um, can I tell you one, one funny thing is so last year or two years ago, game day was at Notre Dame and uh, there was a sign in the crowd and I shit you not at a picture of Rudy and it said Rudy was offsides. <laughs> He was, bro. That motherfucker, he was lined up offsides and he jumped like as soon as the QB hit like the on hut, that motherfucker was two two yards deep in the backfield smoking him. But hey, no flag. It, it doesn't matter. Dude, <laughs> That's so. so great, though. Like, uh, what a great idea for a sign. Um, for my number one, I will go with the program. I think that movie still to this day is like one of the best movies ever. Like, not even just football movies. It's just a great movie. Yeah, programs number three for me. It's really kind of crazy, man, how the program, which was, I want to say like 93, maybe 94, really hit on a lot of stuff that's still super relevant with the NCAA and some of the kind of just, you know, inequalities in college football nowadays. But yeah, the program is great. Uh, so that was going to be my number three. I was, I'll close it out with Remember the Titans. I just think that's a feel good movie. If Rudy is like, you know, the best individual player movie, I think Remember the Titans is the best team movie. It kind of toes the line between being like cornball and just being a really good movie. Um, 
but it's just so so feel good. Denzel Washington has an amazing performance in it. And uh, and yeah, so that, that that's kind of my number two right behind Rudy. That was my number three. And my number two is Varsity Blues. I love Varsity Blues so much, dude. But I just can't. I've talked about it before, dude. I can't get over that last play, man. That was fucking, you know, if Rudy was offsides, freaking Billy Bob was a legal Bro, man downfield. I dude. watched it again. He was not. He was shedding the block as Tweeter was catching the, or he was shedding the defender as Tweeter was catching the ball. He was not downfield. I watched and how. It. Then they had to have editing magic, dude. How could Billy Bob have gotten downfield that quick to get the pitch? Hey, man, do you know what it's like to get uh, over 300 pounds moving in one direction at the same (laughs) time? No, you don't. So I'll just tell you, it's it's an ugly scene when it happens. (laughs) Well, still, dude, even besides that, I still we still got to know what happened to all the assistant coaches, dude. Why was Lance Harbor the next guy up after after Coach Comer bailed on him? Yeah, that part I don't get, but no, well, I I still love that movie and dude, Billy Bob's awesome (laughs) in that movie and Tweeter's great. So that is a great movie, man. James Vanderbeek, you know, freaking uh, Mox. Yeah, just great movie, man. Love it. Um, All right. Next question. We have Mike Rivera. How about them Dolphins? I think we talked about it, dude. I think they're, you know, probably the they're at the top of like the second tier of Super Bowl contenders, I'd say. Yeah, they're definitely in the top five for me right now as after week one. But yeah, dude, that was a great win. John Swallow, he asked top three surprises coming off week one. We kind of pretty much already touched on all those. Thanks for the question, though. Uh, he says, which playoff team from last year is in possible big trouble after week one? I think Vikings and Giants are kind of both there in the crosshairs, right? Yeah, I, Vikings for me, dude. That You cannot open a season like with this much like hope for their team and stuff and lose to the bucks who are definitely tanking. So at home, dude, lose. It'd be one thing if they went down to Florida and lost in the heat, but they were at home. Baker Mayfield came into bank of America stadium and beat them. U S bank stadium. But either way, I get what you're saying. You know what I meant? U S bank. It's still a bank. I got it. All right. The next question Sorry, I got like one eye on this game. Jets just went four on four down and got it. Robert Robert Sala, he looks so frustrated. He just looks like a guy who was convinced he was never going to have to watch Zach Wilson take another snap at quarterback, man. <laughs> he does. He just looks annoyed that he has to watch this dude play football. <laughs> uh, J-Bone, John Swallow also talked about who over-delivered this week and who under-delivered. I think we kind of already talked through all that. Uh, three more questions. Zach Hertzler says, which is better? Well, actually, we'll save this one for last. He's got a good one to end on. Uh, Brett Sharhoff says, who's going to win the Super Bowl and why is it the Lions? Dude, I, I'm not going to lie to you. If the Falcons don't come out of the NFC, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better story than the Lions making it. Um Dude, you guys Jordan should, loves an underdog. You guys should be excited. I, I tell him he's got an underdog fetish. Man. I do. You guys should be excited, though, man. Like, Detroit has not had anything to be excited for in football in, I don't know, since Barry Sanders. And we all know how that ended. So good for you guys. I, I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, dude. Vikings look like they're at least taking a, st- a half step back. You know, the Bears are going to be the Bears. I really look looking at the Lions and the Packers as a two team race for the uh, the NFC North. So that'd be great if the Lions could could win that division and host a playoff game because you know they made the playoffs a, a few times with Matt Stafford, but it was always as a wild card. It seemed like they were always going on the road. 
that fan base deserves it. They have a loyal fan base, you know, them and the, and the Browns fans, they've had to sit through a lot of bad football, but they're still showing up at the games, showing support to those guys on the field. So it'd be great. I don't think that they have a, a chance at the Super Bowl, man. I'm not a true believer on golf. And I think they're just maybe a, a, you know, a weight class below some of the true heavyweights. Um, but it should be a fun season for Detroit for sure. What do you, what do you think, man, from like, you know, if zero is no chance, no chance in hell and hundred percent is they're going, what would you put the Lions Super Bowl chances at right now? Because I'm at like 3%, I think. I mean, you got to put it on a Lions sliding scale, too, because something bad is going to happen to them. It's just, it's Lions football, dude. So, yeah. We're going percentage or just 1 to 10? I did 0 to 100, but you can do whatever scale you want, dude. I mean, dude, don't, I th- don't feel that. I think 5, 50%, whatever you want to call it. I, th- I think they got a fair shot. Their offensive and defensive lines are really good. And, dude, you win in the trenches in the NFL. So they've definitely built it right. I'm with you, though, dude. I just I don't buy Goff as, like, a Super Bowl quarterback. I know he got the Rams there, but that team was – yeah, I, I just don't buy him as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But, hey, if he does it, I guess this will be the only year we ever do the goal line, so – I'd be happy to be wrong about it, man. I, I'd, I'd love to see the Lions go on a run. Dude, one thing to keep an eye on, on the off chance Jared Goff gets hurt, they got Hendon Hooker at QB, man. Hendon Hooker was damn good last year in college. He was the, the starting quarterback for the Vols for the first three quarters of the season. He was a starting QB when they beat Alabama. Um, and, and then he, uh, I want to say, tore, I think towards ACL. So his stock kind of dropped big time. He ended up being a third-round draft pick. Dude, he's got some juice though, man. If he, uh, you know, if something happens to golf and he comes in, watch out. Cause that could, you know, I feel like golf's kind of like he's, he's got a high floor, but a low ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know what you're going to get with him. Um, maybe if they get somebody with a little bit more electricity in their QB, it could, could make the difference in those playoff games. But I do think they got a good team. They're going to be a factor all season long. And, and I'm definitely happy for their fans. One more thing too, is they, they get Jamison Williams back after six, Jamison Williams back after six games. Um, He's going to be a huge addition to their offense. Like their offense has a ton of good skill position players already. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, he's I'm, fast as hell. I'm not counting them out, dude. They they definitely have a chance at it. All right, James Cody Canterbury says, "Who is the similar question? Who is the best team in the AFC North, and why is it the Cleveland Browns, dude? I'm going to say it. I know this sounds stupid as hell considering the performance they just put on. I still think the Browns end up last place in this division." <sighs> I mean, that's not really a slight considering how good the other three teams are, honestly. Like, dude, the other three teams are good. But I will say this, the Browns defense, I mean, they're going to keep them in games. The only problem is is I still don't know if I trust Watson enough because I I still think he's got too much rust um, and he's a pervert. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, outside of that, he's great. But – yeah, I, I just, just I think I, the Ravens are solid. We know we know freaking Harbaugh is a great coach. Those guys, like worst case scenario, the Ravens are going to be like you know nine and eight, dude. Like they're they're going to be a, a solid team. Bengals are going to turn it around. Joe Burrow's too good, too much talent not to. And I think the Steelers are too, man. I still I still think you know I just don't trust Watson, dude. I'm kind of with you, man. I think the Browns are still going to end up something like six and eleven, maybe seven and ten. Best case scenario. The only thing that I will say is. Yeah, the, the Browns are definitely the Browns, but their schedule is brutal too. Like, they have one of the hardest schedules in the league. So, I don't know, man. I mean, dude, anything can happen. It is the NFL, so I don't want to just say flat out like they have no chance because 
I mean, everybody has a chance week one. So, I mean, they did look good, but I would not put their chances of doing anything above 50%. All right. And last question. This is a, this is a doozy, man. From mm-hmm. Zach Hertzler. Although we got one more because we got one offline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you okay. want to end with the with the one from Instagram or do you want to end with Zach Hertzler's? Let's end with Zach. Zach's got a good one. All right. So from Chad Smith of the Turnbuckle Tavern, he gives nice. us, I know it's week one, but after a 40 to zero shutout, do you fellas think the Dallas D can carry the team to their first NFC championship appearance in 27 years? Or will the big D curse continue into the postseason? No, I'd probably put the Cowboys number three behind the Eagles and Niners after week one in the NFC, man. I think there there's some distance between them. I think the Eagles and Niners are still the class of the NFC, but I put the Cowboys number three, man. Same thing I said earlier. The I got I'm not as I, I think Dak Prescott can still play. I'm not as down on him as much as Jordan is. Mike McCarthy's my my big thing. I just don't think he's a great um, big game head coach. He's. Just, I don't think he's there with the play calling or the game plans going into it. I just think they've been flawed, the big games they've had since he's been the Cowboys head coach. So um, I put him as number three, man. Uh, they got they got the talent to do it, but I think when it gets to nut cutting time, the Eagles and Niners are both just a little bit better. I will say um, at any given time, the Cowboys have the best player on the field, Micah Parsons. So anytime you got that, you got a chance. Do I think they're going to look like the, uh, they did every week in week one or every week like they did in week one? No, they're going to definitely have some struggles on defense eventually, but they do have two shutdown corners. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, after week one, my opinion on them changed quite a bit just because of their defense. I still have my doubts about their offense, like Seth said, but their defense gives you reason for hope. And yeah, they, they got a chance with that defense. That's all I'll say. All right. Last question of the week. Zach Hertzler says, which is better, college or pro football? Ooh. So... I loved college football because of the passion of of the game for those guys. But I think the NIL, the transfer portal, all that stuff has taken away from that a little bit. Um, And the NFL, dude, it's just it's a different game. Like, dude, it's just a different pace, a different speed. And every any given Sunday, any team can win. Like, that's not the case in college football. Like the worst team in college football is not beating Georgia or um, Michigan or anybody like that at this point. Um, but NFL, dude, you reset every year and you've always got a chance. It just doesn't feel that way in college. I used, I used to be the biggest college football fan ever. I'm slowly moving into the NFL direction. I'm probably 55, 45 on my NFL to college ratio right now. And I think it used to be more like 60, 40, 70, 30 in favor of college. So it's moved quite a bit. Um, but, dude, I still love both. I mean, I love watching college football. And I, I think I've kind of got Seth into college football a little bit more than um, what he has been in past years. He's definitely watched a lot more um, through two weeks than I think he had last year. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm back in on college. You know, I'm, I'm back down south. I've been in Hawaii and Virginia basically over the last decade. Um, and now I'm back down here in SEC country. So you can't help but kind of get brought into it. I'm going to ride the fence on this one a little bit. Actually sitting down and watching the games, I love watching college football. I think it's just the diversity and the playing styles and schemes. 
it's just a little bit more of a fun game to sit down and watch play, you know, play to play. But overall product, I still like the NFL for the reasons Jordan said. It's just it's so strategic. All the teams are so evenly matched. It's just world class athletes all over the field. Um, it's just the best, man. The the history of it, the how hard it is to scrap and, you know, come out on top of the, end of the season. I just think it's the best, man. So, um, yeah, I, I go NFL overall, but college is a lot of fun to watch. Dude. Josh, I'm just sitting here watching this game. Josh Allen's an <laughs> idiot, dude. Like, he just literally passed the ball to doing, Gabe dude. Davis, and there's a guy sitting right in front of him that's wide open at the exact same spot. Like, I just yeah, I just don't understand this, dude. Like, how does this dude's brain work? I don't know what's going like, on here. here we Definitely go. I, an I know, off performance I know, for the Bills. I know we got a wide open guy here underneath, but here, let me throw to the guy that's triple covered and see if I can wedge that ball in that two-inch window. Like, I feel like we have to stay on here until this game's over at this point. Like it's another shot to the heart for our credibility as we both pick the bills to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, don't worry. They're going to win this game. Just kidding. Give uh remind the listeners real quick where they can find us on social media as we watch this last 40 seconds of Monday night football. So the goal line football show on Instagram, all one word, whatever. Yeah, it's just all together. And then on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, it's goal underscore line underscore pod no nope. all right so we're at i think you're a couple seconds ahead of me dude so don't be commentating on it until after i say something dude i'm at i'm at 35 seconds left just saw the offensive pass interference called on stefan diggs Oof. yeah that's the same part i meant they're just showing the replays of it yeah uh that was kind of weak man i don't know if i love that call dude i mean he definitely as much as know. as much as Sauce grabs receivers and stuff, it's pretty weird that he complains as much as he does. Yeah, he didn't do. There was no like full extension of the arms, dude. I felt like that was kind of just jockey. I felt like that was cool, you know, acceptable level of jockeying for position right there. What happened? The Jets call timeout. Yeah. Oh boy! It's gonna so be for a- those at home listening, we're uh, again we we start this podcast at halftime Monday Night Football, and this has been such a good one. We'll we'll let it run out. We're at thirty five seconds left in the fourth quarter with the Jets up by three. Yeah, the if there, were, if there the was game, three Aaron minutes, Rogers. if there was three minutes left, we wouldn't finish this. But at thirty five seconds left in this close of a game for the first game of Monday Night Football, I feel like we got to finish it out. Now. We got to write it out. Any any updates on Aaron Rodgers' injury other than the X rays being negative? Nope, that's all they've said. No. No real updates outside of that. <clears throat> All right, here we go. God, the Jets have blitzed so much tonight. I like it. I like an aggressive defense. And you got Stefan Diggs straight up bozo head signaling first down, even though he's eight yards short. <laughs> <laughs> dude I, I hate when people do that like what are Especially you at the doing end of the game, man dude. who was it for this who was the dude the the steel the was it claypool the, the receiver for the steelers that got traded to the bears that did that like spun they were the trying ball. to get set he to spike spun the ball, the ball yeah. on the ground <laughs> it's like dude read the room bro <laughs> literally thought he had a first down and he's eight yards oh five yards short like come on man Oh boy, we are really in nut cutting time now. Bill's got no timeouts left. 
The last 30 seconds of an NFL game takes like 18 minutes. That was the only problem. <laughs> you know, it's in that one meme. It shows a chick getting ready. It's like when she says five more minutes, it means, you know, there's five minutes left and both teams have all timeouts. <laughs> See you in an hour. Don't say nothing, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not slightly saying, behind you. I'm not saying anything. I'm seeing panic right before the snap. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. Get up and get a spike. Uh-oh. We're look we're looking like overtime, possibly. Early or bonus football. Game time or uh game winning or game time field goal. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> Been a long day, man. I do a lot of talking during the day. You gotta understand that, dude. I talk to like a hundred people you, a day. Like I don't by the end of the day I'm so worn out. I feel you, man. All right. 16 seconds left, dude. Are you running another play here, or are you uh, are you just spiking? Are you just I, bringing the field goal team out? No, I'm running another play, but I'm not throwing it across the middle. I can tell you that. Dude, 16 seconds is tough, man. You could get fucked on that, dude. I feel like that's kind of right at the edge of like the acceptable amount of time. <laughs> and then there's old Josh Allen, who literally you never know what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. 10 seconds left. You run another play here. Or you are you bring out the field goal? Team? I bring out the field goal unit because just in case anything goes wrong, the placeholder can throw yeah, it away. Always throw it out. And now you can only take one timeout. You can't double ice a kicker anymore. Oh, God. Where are you at on icing the kicker, dude? Gina always goes off. She thinks it's like the the worst thing ever, dude. What, what What's your stance on icing the kicker? I mean, does it always work? No, but have I seen it work? Absolutely. I do yeah, think... They run another play. Oh, God, dude. I The Bills, like... I just... This team is like a bunch of buffoons. It's like the the mental <laughs> asylum when you watch the Bills play. Like, Which Josh, is weird because Sean McDonough's been a great coach, man, since he's been there. I don't know what's happened in the last season and a half. Apparently they just let Josh Allen make all the calls and he's like, I want to throw it into quadruple coverage here, coach. What's your thoughts? Yeah, just do whatever you want. I'm a fan of icing the kicker, dude, but I don't like waiting until the last second because then you give him a practice kick. I think you call the timeout with like 12 or 13 seconds left on the play clock. Don't even let him get set up yet. That way, I, I think you just need to give the kicker extra time to think about it. Don't let him get that practice, that practice run in. I don't like this with 10 seconds left, dude. Nope, me neither. Oh my god, dude! Josh Allen is like a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, six seconds, dude! I thought what he was. What are you calling? Make I, or miss? I seriously thought he was about to eat the sack on that play, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? He just—I mean, dude, Tyler Bass is usually good in these situations, and they're probably jinxing him on TV right now. He's got the one eye black, the eye black only on one side, man. What's that all about? Nelly, man. He's a Saint lunatic. 62% for the career on field goals of 50 plus yards. This is right at 50. Here we go. Don't say nothing, Jordan. Silence. I'm not. Oh my God! He <laughs> doinked it in, dude. <laughs> I thought it was gonna hit the straight up crossbar, dead even. I thought it was, that thing was hooking like a motherfucker, dude. 
Go. All right, Zach, let's go. Got, After all that, dude, fucking Zach seconds. Wilson still couldn't get the win. We're going to overtime. All right, we're not staying on here for overtime. There ain't no way we're staying I, here. Dude, so this was kind of an experiment. We weren't sure how it would work out. I kind of dug having the, the second half of Monday Night Football on as we uh, as we potted. I think it kind of added to like the casual feel, man. What did you think? I, I liked it a lot. We'll see what the listeners think because there was a lot of times where we were just watching the game. I could tell, and neither one of us were saying anything. But yeah, um, I feel it, like it was few and far between though. We we kept it moving though, and people people know what they're getting with us, man. Yeah, that was fun though. Is yeah, this is we're gonna do this every week like this, so get used to it. Next week's Hell gonna yeah. be interesting. Do we do the first game halftime or the second game halftime? Because second one think could second be like game. eleven o'clock. Well, well, it's still in the it's still an East Coast game. I thought, man, I don't think it'll be too late. <clears throat> Here we'll look real quick. But yeah, Here, I'll look I think the second the second game was the Steelers and. Uh, Browns. No, the second. Oh, so it's not a true double header. Oh, yeah, Seven fifteen. So one starts at six fifteen. Yeah. So we'll start at half t- halftime of the Browns and Steelers games. Okay. We'll start next week. So damn. Thanks for the support. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we uh, thank you everybody for the all the uh, the support and the love, man. Keep the keep the reviews and keep hitting that subscribe button. Um, we will be hitting you guys with some special interview episodes. It'll pop up from time to time. So those will be just bonus content. Um, But yeah, thanks for acknowledging the goal line.